Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Miss Kirsten Jordan, aka KJ. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for being here. How are you today? Are you busy working, closing deals? I am busy working and closing deals as, as best I can. It is just, it's a crazy market right now. I got to close everything twice these days. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. We are going to talk about that. I have so many questions about the current real estate market, but before we get there, I have a question. So, I mean, you've been in real estate now for 13 years. I'm sure looking back, you're like, man, what else would I be doing with my life? But like growing up, what did you want to be? Was it always real estate for you? I have always been pretty multifaceted in my passions. So there was never a point where it was like, oh, I was always meant to be a, at one point I was like, I want to be a veterinarian. That definitely was never going to happen because animals, I'm not like, I'm not really good with animals. And, and so that, that didn't work out. And then I always kind of thought I wanted to be famous. I actually did in the back of my head that was, I never got to verbalize it because everybody was always like, what are you talking about? But I was always like, I I think I could be famous at something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I think I could be famous. Well, I mean, you kind of got there in a roundabout way, right? I mean, who would have predicted that just sticking it out, being a real estate agent and, and being myself. And here I am on a TV show. I love it. In the beginning, like, did you have, I mean, I imagine you did, but did you have all like those tough lean years that we read about? I mean, it's a hard business real estate, especially when you're trying to break in. And did you ever think of quitting? Um, Well, I think if you don't think of quitting every once in a while in real estate, you're doing something wrong because it's really hard. And if you got to be putting yourself out there and putting yourself out there means you're getting a lot of rejection and rejection makes you just some days you wake up and you're like, why am I still in this business? Like what possesses me to think that every, that I, that this is going to be fun all the time because it's hard. And, 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 and you wake up in the morning sometimes and your best friend is like, yeah, I used another broker to buy my $20 million apartment. And, and, and it happens to, it happens to everybody. There's not a single broker that I know that hasn't had an experience where somebody, you know, doesn't 
do a major transaction through them that they just discounted that would work with them. Right. It is a hard business. And like having, you know, been the buyer and the seller on many transactions myself in New York City, what can go wrong, like to your point you just made, often does. So like, is there something that stands out, a specific deal or where it was just like a comedy of errors and you're like, how did this ever close? Like, this is just the deal from hell. Um, you know, I had one deal where the contract was out for six months and it was something that was off market and the buyers, as, as, the, as the contract stayed out, it basically the market was changing. So we had to adjust the price. We had to adjust terms. The, the seller had to find another property because it was a 1031 exchange. And so there's, you know, that's the thing with New York City real estate is that there's a lot of people who, first of all, you know, the gains are so large that you start to get into these categories where people are trying to roll over their investment without paying taxes during this particular transaction or this particular, you know, trade. And so there's a lot of moving parts that happen in these 1031 exchanges. And then there's also a lot of moving parts that have to do with just, you know, co-op board approvals, all these approvals and, you know, knowing this person is qualified enough to buy in this building. It's not just about price in New York City. It's about who is your buyer. Yeah. It's, I think, you know, the saying, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And that definitely applies to New York real estate. I have to say. It, it really does. What about when you finally did make that first big sale? Like, do you remember your first big sale and did you splurge on something in particular? Um, my first big sale was a $3.6 million apartment, which I brought the buyers to. And it was, it's a Tribeca building, um, 155 Franklin. And it was a short sale. And, and, the, and the apartment was, there, when we went to see it, there was actually no electricity. And so it was like super dark because we went to see it at like six o'clock at night. There were no lights on. Um, and, and it was something that took us, it was like another transaction that took like six months to, to do, to close, to get them there, to follow up, to make it all happen. And it was such an incredible deal for them because they've held it as an investment property for all these years. And it was the, a real testament to the power of follow-up and the power of broker relationships because the broker on the other side and I developed a very, very good relationship. And that's what ultimately closed the deal. And then did you splurge on something in particular? Um, I feel like my life is a splurge in some ways because, you know, in New York, there's always that next level of what you could be doing to make your life more comfortable. And because there's just even the high earners have limitations to what they do because of the fact that New York is so expensive, right? So for me, it was just like, that was the beginning of leveling up in, it was more of a wardrobe thing for me, because, you know, I think I was, you know, I was young when I got into real estate, I was 25, I was actually 24 turning 25. So I, that's like, you know, back at back, back 13 years ago, those years were awkward wardrobe years. Like people now are like renting the runway at 24 years old and they look fabulous all the time. Like that didn't exist. And it was like, you had a couple blazers and you had like Jersey knit, like a Jersey knit wrap. And, you know, it was not, it was not now like the level of fashion that it is in New York City right now. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I make decisions based on what is good for me, not everyone else. I live my life unapologetically and authentically as myself. And that is why when it came time to lose weight, the only thing that worked for me was Noom. What I loved about Noom is that they don't label foods good or bad, foods permitted and foods that are never permitted. They take a psychology-based approach 
approach. And rather than focus on the food, they focus on why we make the choices that we do. Noon has helped me break so many bad habits, particularly with sugar. I love sugar candy, Skittles, Swedish Fish, Starburst, you name it, I love it. Rather than just say those foods weren't allowed, Noom helped me understand why I have these cravings, especially at certain times of the day. And slowly I started to change these habits. I crave sugar less. I shopped better. Noom, I cannot recommend enough. The app is so easy to use also. And what I love best is it only takes 10 minutes of your time a day, just 10 minutes. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. You can sign up for this trial at noom.com slash velvet. That's right. By listening to this podcast, you too get to try Noom. You can sign up for your trial at noom.com slash velvet. And Noom is N-O-O-M. Noom.com slash velvet. Go there, sign up for your trial, and let me know how it works out for you guys. It's great, and it has really helped me. I get it. When I look at pictures when I was in like my early 20s, I'm like, I am shuddering and let's just move on and you should not be seen by anybody in the human public. (laughs) Speaking about things that can go wrong, COVID, I mean, who would have predicted that? So, you know, we're seeing that play out this season on Million Dollar Listing New York, but how was that? Like, how did you handle that? Virtual showings? Well, I just wish that they had used, there was so much that happened during COVID. And it was really, um, it was, it was just COVID was such a reset and it was such a moment to say like, okay, you're hanging in here. You're going to still be in this business on the other side. What do you want your business to look like on the other side? And so I spent the time really, really moving my business forward, spent a lot of time on the phone with clients. I was really doing a big push for my business anyway. And and so that really pulled me through COVID. And then I had an incredible year that was 2020. It was my best year ever. And, you know, part of that was because I'd finally gotten some help in the office. I'd never had anybody helping me. I'd always been really, you know, like a team member and doing all my own deals by myself and never really had any administrative support or any other support. So, so for me, that was like my year of, of making that move. And then I decided to change firms at the beginning of 2021. So I was like, oh, it's all been so amazing. I'm just going to like do this crazy thing and start my own team and change firms. And now everything's like, now I'm in like total build and startup mode. I mean, who can say they had their best year during COVID business-wise? Like that's amazing. It was a great year for me. And 2021 is shaping up to be even better. I'm very, very happy and very, very fortunate. I would say that starting your own team and changing firms is definitely put a big wrench in everything because it takes a minute in real estate. You know, you start fresh, you, you go someplace and it's, it's really new. So I've been, you know, really it's, it's long, long hours, long days, nonstop. It's like, it's working for yourself. It's like, was there a part of you, you know, you're a power broker, you're successful, you weren't going anywhere, your colleagues, a million dollar listing weren't going anywhere. But as you had this best year ever, I mean, I assumed a lot of brokers left the industry, especially in New York during COVID. Is that true? And then like, is there a part of you that, you know, you don't wish people harm, but like, that's got to be kind of a good thing. Like the cream rises to the top. I, I you know, it- Anytime you have a market like this where things are really scary and there's a moment where instead of the gears moving slower at different rates, the gears lock, that is when you have this moment of people just jump ship. 
because it's very scary. A lot of people don't have the depth of savings that they would need to have to be able to withstand the storm, the financial storm that is a crisis like we had. And you saw it in 2008, you saw it in 2020, people left the industry. And you know what? I totally understand because, you know, if I hadn't already seen this once and seen it during a time when I had even, you know, I had less responsibilities financially, I probably maybe would have felt the same way. Who knows where I would have said, listen, this is my time. This is the sign I'm out. But for me, I was like, this is amazing because I know what I'm doing. I've seen this before. It's never that bad for that long. And I was totally right because it, it lasted not very long. You were right. And so what is then the state of the market here? We're in summer 2021. Like, is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? And I remember, you know, just because I, I sold an apartment years ago, now I'm in a rental. I got calls from every broker I ever knew at the beginning of COVID to say, you need to buy now. Like, is it true that like, if you bought at the beginning of COVID, it's already gone up? And what are the, where, where are we in the market now in New York? Well, I would say the deals were really the fall of 2020. I think fall of 2020 through the end of the year, that were the best deals deals as far as certain situations. That being said, the market has is totally segmented. The, the, the A plus neighborhoods or A neighborhoods where there is quality product, there is no inventory, I would say right now. Whereas you go to the B plus to B minus neighborhoods of New York City or the really like, you know, you get to like the C category where you're like, there's no subway. There's no anyway. I don't even know how you can like call this Manhattan. I might as well be in Brooklyn. Those neighborhoods, I think, still have a little bit of inventory or like a lot of inventory in some cases that's left over that they're still trying to work through. And that switch is going to flip any minute and that inventory is going to go to. Wow. This is why you're busy. What about you know, we saw like, I remember the beginning of Hudson Square. Now we have Hudson Yards. Brooklyn became Brooklyn. Is there any new like trendy up and coming neighborhoods? Like if someone was just moving here and they're like, I don't really care where I live. You know, I want just like, I want the next big thing that's going to explode. Or is New York just, we've exploded as much as we can and everything is just what it is. Well, you know, I think the question is always how much time are you willing to wait? Because there's a lot of neighborhoods that if you have a long-term horizon of 20 years, it's going to be fine. Look at the Upper West Side in the 90s. You know, it was not like super nice. And now it's, you know, buildings are getting $2,000, $3,000 a square foot, you know, for new construction. So, or more for that matter. We're seeing some crazy trades at some of these buildings on the Upper West Side that are new construction. So you know, do, you, do you go to Harlem and do you wait 15 years? And there's already a lot of stuff that's going on up there that's really amazing and a lot of gentrification in a positive way. You know, I think like, you know, nobody in New York likes to say the words gentrification, but that's it. And um, and and then and then is, do you want to scoop up some deals in West Chelsea, which is where things kind of swung because there's a ton of inventory. And I think that, that West Chelsea, I think, always swing, swung in the last in the last cycle as well. You know, it swings because there's a lot of inventory of new product and then it swings back very quickly. And I think that's an area where if I were to direct people to get some, get some good deals that I think we probably still are some good deals. And I think that's going to end up going back up again pretty quickly as well. And then the other question becomes is like those neighborhoods of Kipps Bay and Murray Hill and, you know, that I would consider B plus neighborhoods um, to be neighborhoods, depending on transportation, all that, 
you know, so there's been some incredible townhouse trades that they've seen in that Kipps Bay, you know, Turtle Bay area that you would never expect. And it's because people are saying, you know, how much does a neighborhood matter? And there's enough restaurants near there. Did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, no, you're not alone. And there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shredding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth, of course, takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in around three to six months. Listen, it actually really works. I'm not going to mention any names, but a family member of one of the RHONJ, Real Housewives of New Jersey, I know has been on this for around two years, and I saw a huge difference in her hair growth. Listen, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show behind the velvet rope by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code VELVET to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to u.s customers for a limited time plus free shipping on every order get 15 dollars off at nutrafol.com and that's spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l nutrafol.com and the promo code is velvet enter that and you get 15 dollars off when you subscribe you'll receive automatic monthly delivery so you never miss a dose what are you waiting for? Nutrafol.com promo code VELVET. Start restoring your hair and your confidence today. I love it. What is your favorite area of New York? I know you live on the Upper West Side, but if you had to leave the Upper West Side and price wasn't, nothing was an issue, you could just move wherever you want in New York, where would it be? They give me a free apartment. Um, yeah. I... I love Center Park West. I would say that's like, you know, further south on Center Park West. My husband and I used to live at 68 um, between Center Park West and and Columbus. And we loved that area. Super great retail. You have great restaurants. You do feel like you're in some sort of downtown, even though you're not downtown. And then you also have all the cultural elements of there actually being, you know, you have Lincoln Center there. and, and, And that's really, really nice. And I also do like the fact that there is, significant diversity also from an age perspective because you have a lot of people who've been living on the Upper West Side for a long, long time. And there's some really, really nice communities in those, you know, those blocks off of Central Park West. So I love that area. Um, we also love the Upper East Side too. You know, one of my kids is in school up there. So and I hope that my second one will also be in school in the Upper East Side in the future. So, you know, we're we're I love it up there too, I have to say. Staying uptown, Kirsten, staying uptown. I we am. could still we, we we can still be friends. That's okay. I do go out uptown often. Speaking of real estate, million dollar listing New York. Did you watch it? Did you know all these people? Tell me about your relationship with the show before you joined. So my husband's a developer. Um, I have never been, you know, I, I I've never spent a ton of time turning it on myself, but my husband always used to watch it in the other room. And I always used to listen while I was doing, while I was working my second shift, which is like after I put my kids to bed, you know, the second shift, or even when I was like, before I had kids, I remember, you know, sitting there pregnant, making my wedding album and listening to million dollar listing going in the other room. So I've always been very, very aware of million dollar listing. And 
I also have relationships with everybody on the cast pretty much. Frederick was the only one that I hadn't really done a deal with ever. Um, but everybody else I'd had a cross paths with a lot um, over the over the years of being in the business. Why did you decide to join the show? I mean, you're this power broker, you have three kids, developer, hot developer husband, you're busy. So what was your motivation to join? Well, uh, you know, I had three kids um, during the course of my career. And I think that every mother, and I, and I think I don't even know the politically correct way to say this, is every mother probably feels the same way that uh, every single time you have a child, it's somewhat of a business um, setback in the sense that you have to take a break. There's always, there's an inertia, right? Whereas like, you know, the body that's in motion stays in motion and the body at rest stays at rest. It's like, it's that, it's that, you know, you're forced to take a step back and then you're forced to then re-enter very, very quickly. And there's, it's jarring, it's difficult. And I felt like after my third child, I had, I, I really wanted to take the next step in my business. And when Million Dollar Listing approached me, I thought, if there's anything that I could do that I know will at least shake it up and give me the opportunity to get in front of more people and to kind of show the world that I'm an expert. And also I think that there's enough personality that there was, there'd be a lot of, lot of potential that it could really spur more business because I think the more people get to know me, the more that they're going to like me just what it is. I would agree with that. I mean, listen, I, I don't see how it could be bad for business for anyone. I mean, have you seen the effects already? Like, is that phone ringing and people are saying like, I saw you on MDL? Um, I think the thing with MDL is that people actually worry that you are not as approachable. Like I get a lot of messages, which by the way, everybody, I feel like if anybody were to actually stop me, I would say like, yes, of course, let's take a picture. I want to talk to you. I get so many messages that are like, I saw you walking through Central Park. I saw you eating out to lunch at this restaurant. I saw you here. I saw you there. I'm like, nobody comes up to me and says hi. Um, and so it, it's, it opens the door. You still have to get your own business. You know, I think that yes, at a certain phase, I'm sure that there's going to be like a droves and droves of phone calls and there definitely are phone calls and there's definitely leads and there's definitely business. Um, but I think that a lot of this is okay. Now, you know who I am now it's up to me to go out there and prove myself again and get the business again and show you that I can sell it again. Do you get as stressed out when planning a vacation as I do? Where to go, what to do, where to stay? I definitely needed some extra help in choosing the perfect spot for my next vacation. And that is why I turned to Apple Vacations. They're great. They're known as America's favorite vacation company for good reason. Just think of them, and this is music to my ears, as your one-stop shop for that next level summer vacation. Apple Vacations will help you plan your entire getaway with confidence from start to finish. We're talking personalized service, exceptional values, and so much more. Plus, you can choose the most gorgeous destinations like Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, Hawaii, and the continental U.S., each all-inclusive Apple Vacations package includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, meals, drinks, entertainment, and tips. Non-stop transfers are also included at no additional cost at select hotels. So the entire vacation is as seamless as possible. For a limited time, you can use promo code SAND75 that's SAND75 and take $75 off your stay at Live Aqua in Cancun 
or Punta Cana. Just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get the steal of a deal to your favorite live aqua resort today. Again, just go to applevacations.com slash BTVR to get this amazing deal at your favorite live aqua resort today. Well, now that after this podcast, everyone, if you see KJ, go up to her and ask for your picture. Even maybe not when you're eating, but afterwards, did you have reservations in joining? Like, you know, did you say, okay, there's some negative, you know, I could be portrayed in a certain way. Not, you know, just like you said, like you're likable. I I think all of the agents are likable, but did you have reservations? Um, Well, first of all, you should know that I'm very naive. And I really thought that like, no matter what anybody did, I would somehow be extremely likable because I just was like, how could anybody not really like me and this is going to be totally fine the wait is over that's right season five of the kardashians is here just when you thought life couldn't get any faster they're punching it into overdrive chris courtney kim chloe kendall and kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. I'm sure there's people out there that don't. And um, I think that the, what got me through the first season was the fact that I never really went there in my head. I never thought about any of the backlash. I never thought about negativity. I never thought about anybody thinking of this as anything but me putting myself out there because I care about my business. This is my livelihood. This is what I want to do with my life. And that I want to be an inspiration to other women and mothers and that I'm a really good broker. And I never thought of it any other, any other way. And um, I'm, I'm just fortunate that so far it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, and, and I'm just trying to keep it that way. How would you say as a broker, your style differs from Frederick, Ryan, Steve, and Tyler? Um, I think, well, my style is of course, always evolving. I think we're all, all always evolving and we're trying to refine ourselves to bring in as much business as possible and stay true to our essence of self, which is for me, you know, really wanting to, I love new development. I love high-end. I love luxury. Um, I also do love first-time buyers and I love the relationships that come from, you know, younger people purchasing their first apartments. So um, I would say my vibe is probably a little bit more, um, I don't know, I, I feel like I have combinations of each agent. Like, I feel like I'm hardcore business the way that Steve is, because Steve really is like business. 
you know, and then I also feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm approachable, likable and self-deprecating the same way that Tyler is in some ways. And I feel like, like, like Ryan, I think I'd like to think that I have really big picture goals and that I have a lot of things I'm working on that I'm hoping, you know, kind of are similar to what he's done, but, you know, in, in another kind of business to business manner, um, which I really admire him for everything he's done. And then I also feel like I, I do have some, some twinkle of Frederick of the, you know, theatrical manifesting, making it happen fantasy. And, and, and that's, that's what I think about that. I love that. You're a little bit of everyone. If you could not sell or buy your apartment you're in now and buy your new one and your husband, who I know is also a broker, cannot do this, who would you hire? Frederick, Ryan, Steve, or Tyler? Um, oh, gosh. Cheapers, creepers. Who would I hire? Um, I would. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Let's see. Well, I, I live on the Upper West Side. So we have to think of people who've done the most business on the Upper West Side of them, which would be Tyler and Ryan. They, they have the most business up there. Um, I think it'd be a toss up. I'd probably see if I could get them to do a co-list and then I'd watch them duke it out. I love it. Or just have like some final contest and see which of those two rises to the occasion. And maybe that's who could get the <laughs> listing. Just saying. That would make for good TV. Your husband we've seen on the show. I mean, I know he, like you said, he's a huge developer. Do you like keeping it all in the family and working with him? Um, yeah. I mean, listen, it's the kind of thing where every single deal you put so much into and it's so personal in so many ways because, you know, it, it, there's years of in the making for every single development transaction. So I love that aspect of things. I love being involved from the beginning. I love seeing what he's working on and being able to advise during the underwriting phases and during the selection of the property phase. And I do love everything that happens between when they buy it and when we sell it. So for me, that's super, super fun. Granted, you know, there's a lot of money involved here. There's a lot of, um, you know, investors, there's tensions, there's all of that. Um, so it's not always easy, but I would still rather do it this way than watch somebody else do it. And when, you know, you are working with him, you know, we all have seen from Million Dollar Listing, the goal, of course, of the developer and the broker is the same. It's to sell the apartment. But, you know, sometimes how they get there is different. Sometimes they disagree on prices, what offers should be accepted. So when you and your husband disagree and he's the developer and you're the broker, how do you, who wins those arguments? Um, you know, in the end, most of the time, the developer perspective is there. It's not a disagreement from the perspective that they disagree on the fundamentals. We all have the same fundamental goal. And the disagreements usually come from a separation of they're ready to go and the building's not ready to go. And so how do we meet in the middle about when we're launching these projects and when it's ready? And then, and then it always, and then there's always pricing. So I would say, you know, who wins most of the time in the end, the broker is the one that's kind of right on this. And it's figuring out how to meet the developer as far in their direction as you can actually handle to actually sell the product. What about nine seasons in, you know, you are the first female broker on the New York installment. Was that, you know, first, congratulations. Second, it's about time. Third, love watching it. But fourth, you know, was that a big factor in your deciding to join or that had absolutely nothing to do with it? Um, it, it was a factor because I do believe that being the first female and them selecting me, there inherently was some sort of goodwill in how all of this was going to come together. And I, I had, a, I have a tremendous trust and I felt very, 
I just felt very, very good about how everything was going to come together. And then does that carry an extra layer of like weight and pressure or am I just being too dramatic? Oh, I think, again, this is where being very naive was very, very good because I never felt any pressure because I was just like, this is already hard. I've never done this before. And I'm just going to do the best I can. And I never went there where I was like, hey, maybe this won't work out. And maybe, maybe this won't work out. And I never thought about that. I never thought about like, hey, maybe I could, you know, do this for six months and they could decide that I'm not the right fit. So I, I, I think, but there was a tremendous amount of pressure and there still is a tremendous amount of pressure. Um, not, and it's not coming from anybody but myself, knowing that this is a very, very big role. And it's a very, very important role to be the best version of me and be representing women in the industry in the best possible way. And granted, it's not easy to be perfect and there's no way to be perfect, but it's doing the best I can to say, you know, I'm, I'm at least going to bring dignity as much as possible to this position and, and just be, do the best I can. Did you hear from Tracy Tudor, your West Coast female or any of the other agents out West on Million Dollar Listing LA? Um, with Tracy, I connected with her pretty immediately just because of the fact that we are the only two people in our particular position. And I felt like it was just so important to get her perspective about even the nitty gritty of, you know, uh, wardrobe and all of that, just because it's like, it's, it's, as you can imagine, this is a very important, this is a very, very important piece of the show is, um, is, is looking the part and dressing the part. So that's something I was really, really thoughtful about. And I continue to be thoughtful about, and I would say it's something that's like an evolving practice, but she was the first person I called. I was like, girl, how do you like do this? <laughs> Tracy's style is beyond. Did you go out and get beyond. new clothes for this? Like, did you, I'm sure your wardrobe was great before. Um, well, let's just say this. I lived in Italy. My husband's from Milan. I always have felt like I dress well and I have a sense of style. What looks good in front of the mirror and in front of clients on a day-to-day basis is very different than what looks good on camera. And, you know, I'm a very petite person. And I think that it was something that I had to adjust to. And I would try to like, see, like take pictures of myself and try to figure out what was going to flow well and look good because, you know, I, I, I kind of need everything to be tailored to me because I'm so petite. And so it was something that actually it's taken a bit for me to figure that out. And so, yeah, I've bought a lot of new clothes. You can find a lot of my clothes in the real world as I sell them before I buy more clothes. And it's just part of the, part of everything. I love it. What about, were you a fan of Bravo? Like, are there certain, like who has reached out to you from like the Bravo verse? Are there like certain Bravo celebrities like you're dying to meet now that you're part of the club? Um, well, I was honestly just really excited about meeting the LA cast, which I, and which I had met, um, you know, during when we did family feud, we filmed family feud a couple months ago. Um, and that was just such a blast that the overlap of the two casts in that particular situation for the fleeting moment that it was, was just so spot on and so amazing. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, I, I have a mutual friend in Margaret Joseph's, um, from the house of New Jersey. And so I think we're going to meet up at some point. And, you know, I, I, I do, you know, I, I, I'm always scanning and I'm always kind of watching, but that's kind of, you know, where, where I kind of go with, with the Bravo stuff. And BravoCon is coming up. I mean, we don't need any spoilers, but would you like to be a part of BravoCon? 
Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's just going to be an absolute blast. I can't think of anything more fun than that because it will, it really will be um, like a coming out of COVID extravaganza. (laughs) The last one was amazing and all the MDL people were there and it was amazing. What about celebrities? Like, have you heard, you know, like Rihanna slips in all the housewife DMs all the time when she's a fan? Like, have you heard from anyone that's just been like, I am such a fan of this show and you're doing great. And you're like, oh my God, this person knows who I am. Um, not yet. I would say not yet, but you know, I, I just think all of this is so, you know, people are really watching TV in a different way. And I think that a lot of people are like going to binge watch the whole season in August. (laughs) You know, and so I also think that's coming and, you know, I get messages from people that are like, I just watched the first five episodes last night. And you're like, okay. So, you know, it's really interesting to see when people are coming in and watching too. So I I think that, and and again, this is like, you know, people have only seen what was the sixth episode last night. You know, it's like, uh, we're not even at halfway through the season. So I, I feel like, you know, there's, it's a slow burn. There's a lot to come. What about like, are you the type that gets starstruck? Like, have you ever had like a huge celebrity client where you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe this person's a client. Um, yeah, I, I've had that. I would say that it's more in the showings because of the fact that I, I, I have moments where, you know, I'll be working straight through for a couple of years and between the kids and the whole thing, you know, I won't see, a, I won't see new movies come out, you know, or see them. And so I, I will get into an elevator with a client and, you know, it'll be, I, I remember getting to the elevator with Kevin Bacon show in Hartman and I just remember being like I know that guy I know that guy I know that guy I'm so, he's so familiar and then you're like that's Kevin Bacon and and so that's more what happens to me is I'm like those people are so familiar <laughs> and was the apartment on the Upper West Side or Upper East Side because they're uptowners Kevin and Kara yeah well it was actually downtown at the time but it was years ago um but you know it's it's I would say that's it or even Brian Cranston you know opened the door and I was like wait a second. You know, it's always like that. I'm like, wait a second. You're up. And then, yeah. And I never know what to say. And now that I I would, if I could go back, I'd be like, I loved you on Breaking Bad. It was amazing. You're incredible. Great job. Because I think it never gets old to hear that. I would think so. What is, is it the West Village or is that, am I wrong? What's the most expensive area to buy in New York? Per square foot? Yeah. Um, Well, technically I would say on average per square foot basis, I would assume it's the West Village, but then the trades on a per square foot basis in those towers on the park are the ones that really trump all of those like per square foot trades. So, you know, you have a lot, like I just, there was just a, a major trade at 220 Center Park South, you know, uh, that was, you know, over a hundred million. Those are, those are the trades that are really skewing the per square foot. So you would say like, yeah, that's the most expensive. Um, and I do think that that Center Park South area probably has trumped everything. But before that, it was always like that West Village per square foot basis that was really, really expensive. And, and those apartments are, you know, they, there's nothing less than, hardly anything less than 2,000 a foot in the West Village. Well, you would know Superior Inc., Mr. Jacobs Townhouse. So there you go. Yep. As we watch on the rest of the season, like what do you want people to take away from KJ the woman, KJ, the broker, what do you want people to know about you as we watch on? Um, well, that it was 
really exciting and really hard work and that I am not too big for your business. And I really love working with all aspects of, you know, all price points. And I mean, clearly luxury, we love to focus on, but I, we are not too busy for your referrals. I have a huge team and we, we love what we do and I think we're really good at it. So, you know, don't hesitate to call. Everyone needs to call before we go. One final thing, those open houses that we see on the show. I mean, we've seen Frederick and Ryan love a costume. We've had movies, airplanes, hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I understand like a nice charcuterie and like some Aperol spritz as you've shown us, but are these open houses? I mean, do they work? Is it worth it? What do you think? I mean, I'm even doing an open house on Monday that I'm going to be having a psychic and I'm having a life coach and I am calling the best brokers in New York city. And I'm trying to get them to come to see this one property. And, and granted, you know, we're going to have wine and we're going to have a spread, but the, the, the psychic is like expensive. Okay. And I yeah. can't wait for her to tell me my future, but yeah, we, we come up with this stuff all the time because you know what you, the broker is the client 90% of the time. And you need to attract these other agents to get them to come in and bring the clients. I love it. Where can everyone find you? And is there anything else you want to leave us with today? Everyone needs to call you at first time buyers, anyone that wants yes. to buy or sell an apartment. We're here. here. We're here for you. We are here for you. And well, and you can follow me on Instagram. It's Kristen.Jordan. And then I have a website that is my personal site where I put all of my content. I have a ton of videos. I have a lot of stuff for new agents that are getting into the business. They want to like, listen about my, my thoughts on what it takes. I've got blogs, I've got all that stuff there and, and they can, you know, just do the deep dive and, and hear all, all of my crazy ideas. I love it. I'll have to check it out. Don't work too hard today. Close some deals. Thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to watch you the rest of the season. You have been lovely and keep in touch. Thank you so much, David. Nice to see you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.